going to speak about the power of fellowship this morning. The power of fellowship. And there's two types of fellowship that the, that the Bible speaks of. And it was amazing this morning. Uh, we didn't plan it like that. I just wasted it too. I said, the pressure of the pillar is I can get up and I But what we knew is, is that God wanted to do something in terms of showing us love and showing love to one another this morning. And the Bible speaks, I want to just go to the word right at the start. I want to keep off with this word in one job, in your honest. Let's read it together. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, which is Jesus, the one who existed from the beginning, where we have heard and seen. Johannes They saw Jesus. They actually touched Jesus. They, they, they knew that he was real. He wasn't just something in the Bible. He wasn't something prophetic. He was a real person. Whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and we touched him with our hands. He is the word of life. This one speaks about Jesus. His life itself was revealed to us. And we have seen it. And now we testify and proclaim to you that He is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father. And then He was revealed to us in that moment when He came to earth. He was revealed to us. And we saw, He's not just something of the Old Testament. He's not just a prophecy. He's a real person. There's a real God out there. Because we saw Him. And now they say in verse 3, We proclaim to you ourselves what we have actually seen and heard why why so that you might have fellowship with us look at that this morning that's how it was so amazing that we ended this morning in worship with not just fellowshipping with the father but fellowshipping with one another but we're going to look at that this morning and it says that so that you might have fellowship i want to i want to invite you i want to have your first the person from jesus but i can't do that that my life Maar ek wil dit nie vir myself hou nie, ek wil jou voorstel aan hierdie persoon van Jesus, because my heart is, is, is I want to have fellowship with you about Him. Nee? That's what he's, what he's saying here. Then he says, and our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that you might fully share our joy. Alright. So, there's two fellowships that the Bible is talking about here. And it is super important because what I see is, is sometimes a lot of us are either on the one side, I am so well oiled when it comes to fellowshipping with God. Worship comes easily, my quiet times is amazing, but then I struggle to fellowship from this way. As a come I can kind of for my I means a means a lot of people's person is I am an introvert. Uh, I struggle to make new friends, so I, I often I'm insecure, so I'm always scared that maybe I'm going to say the wrong thing. And there's all sorts of things. Or, the other side of that is true as well. I love fellowship, I love people, I love hanging out with people, I love connecting with people. Fellowship comes so easily in the body and in the family. But man, don't put me alone in a room of God. <laughs> it's, it's true. Let's be honest with them. Don't put me in a room. And it's just in, you know, how does it feel now? Should I wait for the presence? So should I, how do I do this? What's the next step? How do I, how do I connect with Him? It, it's strange. It's not the same thing when I'm at church. When I'm at church, I feel something because I'm, I'm connecting with my brothers and my sisters. But the minute that I set foot in my quiet time, in my alone time, I feel like a fish out of water. Uh, is it true? Is it true? Who of you guys fall into one of those categories? Step up your Who of you falls into those categories? I am. <laughs> and that's why I want to say we need both. I walk with Jesus. Following Jesus, being a disciple of Jesus is both this 
in this. We need the Lord to help us in both those things. And when we come to worship, when we come to fellowshipping with God, and I love how you got that out of us this morning with that, with that team, with that, when, he, when, he, when he shared the word with us on worshiping. Why do we worship? Worship is actually, is actually fellowshipping out of something that is already there. The minute that I give my life to God, the minute that I come to Christ, I'm so aware of the fact that I was lost. I'm so aware of the fact that I am lost if I don't uh, get the help of God to change me and to sanctify me and to bring me into what He has for me. That's, a, that, that's something that He did in me. So when I come to church or in my car or wherever, worship is something that just gets excreted out of me that's already there with His Spirit and by His Spirit. Is it right? And it's the same thing with fellowship with one another. Fellowship is actually a love for one another that God has placed in you through His Spirit. And though that's why it's not dependent on my personality or my abilities to connect with people. Fellowship is something that is dependent on the fact if I've got the Holy Spirit on me. So if I've got the Holy Spirit in me, fellowship just comes naturally. Not with everyone, not immediately to grow into that. I told this story what for for you um, um, uh, if you've heard it before story. If you haven't heard it before, I was not long ago, I'm talking about 15 years ago. And 15 years ago, no long no yourself. But it's actually very short. 15 years ago, I was a, a type of person, an introverted person. If someone will come knocking at my door, which they normally did, the one or two friends that I had. I would hide away in my kitchen not to spend time with that person at that point if I was acting this was. Literally. It happened, it happened more than once. Now, my cat car is standing in front of me, no, I'm home. I was willing. I had this one, I had this, this one friend, she, she actually came to the, 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 the windows. Look through the windows. It's full of me here. And then my cell phone, I switch my cell phone on silent because it would ring and ring and ring. And in 15 years' time, because of the Holy Spirit that is in me, the Lord has changed that little introverted, shy, insecure person into someone that now has fellowship with many folks. And I'm not, I'm not boasting in it. I'm actually, it's the Lord. I'm so wealthy in my friendships. When you get to a gathering, when, when you get to Para, I used to, our first gathering, I walked in there and we didn't know anybody and didn't know We had to sit there and sit back here. From beginning to the end. But these days, when I walk into a gathering, when I step foot into the parking lot, I'm not saying the hall, the parking lot, there's someone that I know. And immediately we're connecting. Yes, man, it's like a yes. And then I make my way out of the parking lot about three, four steps, and then there's another person. The celebrities on her own. Hey, hey, that's the man. Have you seen it? This is a, I got the fellas. Hey, yes, So, the Lord has this way of changing something. I just quickly want to look at this word fellowship. Fellowship. What, who knows what that means? That word is in the original Greek. Come on, where's the scholars? Koinonia. So, the word is koinonia. And let me just quickly read to you. Um, I'm now suddenly I'm feeling secure about my facts here. I'm sure about this. The word kononia, it means to be in public. Listen to this. This is a much deeper word. Fellowship is not 
together at the end of the service with the coffee table. That's, that's something that we use as a tool to help fellowship. It's something to, to bring us to a place where fellowship is sometimes a little bit easier for us. Especially those that don't make conversation automatically. That at least you've got a cup of coffee that you've got in common. Put your coffee, mate. Let's go for coffee. You can worry about the, the sugar that's not there or whatever. And suddenly you've got something in common. It's a tool. But fellowship is much deeper than that. Fellowship means two fellows in a ship. It's two fellows in a ship. That's fellowship. And you take on this voyage. And when you see and when you realize and when the, 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 the tough, the ball hits the fan, then we realize, oh my word, it's just you and me. There's no land, there's no off the ship, it's just you and me on the ship. And we have to make conversation with one another. There's nobody else. I don't have any other. I don't have a television set. I don't have my phone. There's no reception there. There's no distraction. There's nothing. The only thing that I have is to say, hey, but this is how we go. And then we've had 10 conversations about the same thing. And then we have to find out together, work at it, to find the 11th conversation. That's fellowship. It's working at it. It's partnering with one another. Because it's just you and me. If I'm only thinking you're going to do all the rowing, I'm not your partner. And I'm the only one there that will be able and in a position to tell you, hey, you're going to rowing. I, I don't have anybody else that can do that. I don't have an elder, a pastor, or a comm leader, or anything that can actually, hey, but they need to be friendly for you, come from the day, and they can't bring you. It's me. That's fellowship. It's two fellows in the ship. It's about participation. Love this. This is part of the definition. Fellowship means koinonia. It means about participation. There's a scripture which says, do not lack in gathering together. Don't. Not lack. What's the what's the where's my where's my song? Neglect. Thanks, Mark. Don't neglect coming together. Why? Because we're in a partnership. And, and when some of us are not here on a Sunday morning, I'm missing my partners. I'm missing those that I need in my journey to do for the Lord to do something in me. I need you. I need each one of you. It's a participation. It's sharing in. It's contributory help. <laughs> I want to ask you this. Are you contributing to others in church? Are you contributing to others in church or are you taking from others in church? And that's something that often the Bible says the body builds itself up. And God's heart, God's intention with fellowship is that when we get together, and I'm not talking about Sunday church. I'm talking about when I meet with Anthony in Spa. Do I leave with Anthony both up, contributed in him, or do I leave him that I've taken something from him? That I maybe sow something in his life, some doubt, some fear, some hesitation, something, some, some, some disunity. What am I sowing or am I contributing? Am I building up? That's one of the most important things when it comes to I'm in fellowship with you. I cannot be in fellow, in partnering with you if my heart is not to build you up every single time that I see you. And my intention is not to build you up every single time that I see you. And that's why, especially us men, on Wednesday we had a men's meeting. I was like, but as we say to the men, we get together as men and we talk about rugby way too often. Genuine. And some black supporters as well. <laughs> we, we talk about rugby way too often. God's heart is that when we get together, we can talk about rugby. Eh? It's not getting unbalanced here. I mean, I can't run here. But I'm so big. Proud of from the spot. This is a man like me. I'm going to have to switch the cloth and spot and all this. That's my part. That's the So it's about it's about building one another up. And when we get together for a bride, for anything, are we building each other up? 
Or are we using that opportunities to sow this unity, this hope? That's not fellowship. That's not B2B2 fellowship. Alright, I need to move on. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. fellowship when it comes to fellowship there's two we said there's two ways of this the first thing is is that we connect to God when we connect to God when the when we are in fellowship with him and that can happen in any more than one way it can be in worship like this morning it can be when I'm in my car in my quiet time whenever God wants to use it when I'm in fellowship in partnership in connection with God. God often uses that time to work something in me. Who can testify to that? Who spent some time with the Lord and then often I walk away from him, either convicted of something or he shows me something or he just reveals something about I'm, I'm more in love with him. It's not always sin, not always something that he shows, or just maybe I'm more in love with him. I, I, I fell deeper in love with Jesus. And so God uses these fellowship opportunities and times to often help us in that. And there's a scripture now that I want to go to. Well, we're going to continue with 1 John. Let's continue with 1 John. 1 John 1 verse 5. This is the message we heard from Jesus. Now we know God is light and there is no darkness in the animal. Look at the extremes here. Not talking about is light or dark. What kind of fitting song? My my fitting cover. Who was scared of this video? I said no scared. No, I had scared. So I'm going to play all these. He said, "Ah." So you see the light. Now the thing is, Jesus is not the light that falls. He's not making light. But the Bible says that he's not making light. It doesn't say Jesus makes light. It says God is light. So he is this thing. And the thing is, is that when you get to that light, there's a reaction. Yes, There's a reaction. And often what happens is that when we get to the light, my flesh. My old self goes into a reaction. And you know, call me. And I squint and I drag my word too. Sometimes there's resistance. But if we're in fellowship with God, if we're in true fellowship, and we really understand that we are in fellowship with our dad, with our creator, with our father, then it's a different reaction that we have. It's not like, oh, sis, man. It's a different reaction to the light. Listen to this. Listen to this. So we are lying if we say that we have fellowship with God but living in spiritual darkness. Then we are not practicing the truth. So, so God sees there that because He's the light, there should be, but He often has a reaction on our flesh. And that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It is what my reaction is to that what, what determines what happens next. So I can either go, oh, remorse, what the, this, I just, really, and I can't look at myself. Or I can use that opportunity when I go into God's light, and when He shows me something, I can actually say, wow, Lord, I didn't see that. I didn't see this part of me. I, 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 I want you to change me now. And I respond towards the Lord, in, and, and enabling Him, and giving Him the, 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 um, the permissi, to change me in that. And I work with him. I'm in partnership, in fellowship. God can contribute to my growth. You get that? He's my partner. Inari had an example last Sunday when she came with a prophetic word. And she said, uh, We had a. It's not last week, it was two or three weeks ago. Someone gave a prophetic word and they said that there are 
rewards, he says, like a bow. It's all like jewels. And it's just beautiful jewels out of Ezekiel. <coughs> and then Emily came and she also had a word where she said, it's like a light shining through that jewel. And once it shines through that jewel, it displays what is inside of that jewel. And makes this prism of light. Beautiful. And, and we had a conversation yesterday when we realized actually the jewel in itself has no beauty. It is when the light shines through that jewel, when you actually see what is either beautiful in it or what is still not perfected in it. What blots, what, what, what stuff is still in that jewel. Because the light will not only show the beauty, and the reflection of the light, actually not of the jewel, but the reflection of the light of Jesus, but then it will also show the imperfections. And if being in fellowship with God is allowing God to sometimes shine through me, and when I'm in fellowship with Him, there is sometimes when I encourage Stephen, I pray for Him, I have a good preach, and you guys say, Yo, Jesus shines through me so beautifully through Rome this morning, so beautifully through Michael this morning in the worship. There are those times. But then there are also those times when Jesus shines something through me and it's actually a sin or there's a weakness or there's something that he wants to work in me or change in me. Is that good? There's two things to that. Now, there's a reality check that John says there. Let's, let's quickly go to verse 7 and 8. There's a reality check. He says, but if you are living in the light, as God is in the light, when we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all, from all sin... So now suddenly there's a different aspect to this. It's not just not talking of me and God, me before God. It's not just letting Jesus' light shine through me in order to show me sometimes if there's any imperfection. There's another dynamic to this now in verse 7. It says, if we are living in the light, if we say that we are followers of Christ, if we say that we want to live according to God's ways, then we have fellowship with each other. Now suddenly there's a different partnership here. There's a different contributing. It's not just God's light shining through me, but there's something else. And then he says, and then the blood of Jesus, his sons, cleanses us from, us from sin. I'm looking at that and so I look, that's a different process. It's easy sometimes, and that's why I said it's easy for us sometimes to come even in a time of worship and we worship God. It's me and him. But often when it comes to me and Stephen, it's more difficult. There's a different form of fellowship. There's a different way of God working in that moment in fellowship. It's still Him partnering to me. And it cleanses us from all sins. There's a principle here. There's a principle here. There's something here that, that the Lord has in verse 7. It says there that if we live transparent and open eyes in front of, our, in front of one another, if we allow in front of one another, in fellowship and in partnership with one another, we allow God's light to shine through me, Jesus' light. And He might reveal something of me that is not looking so good at that time. I have two choices. I can either hide it away for myself and say, hmm, it's just between me and the Lord. Or I can come and I can come into fellowship with each other so that Jesus can bring freedom in that area. That's a principle of God. And there's always a promise of Him that if you live in these principles, these orders of God, so that we might live in peace. So that we, inside here we can have peace with God. And often He used people, not always, this is not a, this is not a, a law or a rule, this is a way in which God works. This is one of His principles. 1 John, let's just quickly, uh, and then verse 8 goes on to say that if we claim that we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth as well. And I think that's something that, that two, uh, two fellows on the ship have in common, that we both have problems. There's not one of us that can stand here in a relationship, in fellowship with one another, and the one is perfect and the other one is imperfect. The one is the, the, always the one that looks at you and says, hey, I'll get it, I'll get it, it's a vice of verse something. And so there's a reality check in verse 8 where he says, if we claim that we have no sin, if I think I'm always the one that never has this light shining and showing these things, you're just fooling yourself. And you're not living in the light. You're living in denial. 
in denial. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all evil. Now you're going to look at verse 9 and say, No, no, my brother. Jesus, yeah, no, we can't go for fellowship, but also no transparency, but we can take it on the part of the heart, and we can take it on the heart, and we can take it on the heart, and of my hearing them say by the way if we confess our sins to him so I think kind of taking this out of context let's look at the rest of scripture let's look at the rest of scripture now we skip Carla James 5 James 5 what is James 5 in the scripture he says therefore consist, uh, confess your sins to each other to one another and pray why why so that someone can pray for you so that it's not just up to you so that someone can pray for you and pray for one another so that you might be healed the prayer of a righteous person is power uh, is powerful and effective i want to ask you who has been struggling and you don't have to raise your hands this is an internal question who has been struggling for something for years and years and years and years? Like a circle, you're running in the same circle. It's either a character aspect of you, something that the Lord has been unable to blame patiently. Yes. I, 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 I blame him here for you. I'm, I accept him here, I accept him die. I want to ask you this question. Have you ever been to another person and said, hey, would you pray for me? Will you, will you walk this journey with me? I want to be accountable to you. I need someone to guard with me over this thing. Until such time as when I'm walking in freedom. Until such time when Jesus has worked this. Because sometimes it's not always just immediately as well. We can even pray with one another. And sometimes we have two prayers. Three prayers. Four prayers. But God's heart is, is that we do it with one another. We confess to one another and we be open and living transparent lives in front of one another so that we can be there for one another. That's God's design. That's God's heart for each, and one, each one of us. We said earlier, Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves, they devoted themselves <coughs> To the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. So this is one of the basics. This is the one-on-one of going to church. Is that we are actually people that's comfortable at home with living our lives out in front of one another, not hiding all the bad things and showing all the good things. But when that light shines through us, the light of Jesus shining through us, that we are comfortable in sharing both the good and the bad with one another because we've got the bad in common most of the past. How many times have we been in a men's meeting when one oak raises the thing and then there's one or two others in the dark and suddenly there's partnership. Suddenly there's two fellows in the ship. It's not just you anymore. You get that? Did you lament mate? Let's stop. Because the problem is this, the problem is this, if we just say to ourselves, if we just, was almost a self-help, we're just relying on God, because I've heard this many times, God will show me. Who said that before? But, but God will show me. I'm, I've got this deep relationship with the Lord. If there's something, God will show me. Really need someone to come and help me. So let's look at two scriptures here. First one, Jeremiah. Jeremiah. The Lord, it says Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond care. Who can understand it? And then God says, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to the conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. There's that light shining through that gem, through that beautiful thing, but it's often the Lord will come and He shows you. And then He says, Jeremiah's warning is this, He says, the heart is deceitful. Often my own perspective, the lenses through which I see myself, I see my situation, I see everything around me, is often, if I just look to myself, often I can get it wrong. Often I can get it wrong. 
When it, uh, go to um, uh, yeah, no, no, no. Often we can get it wrong. Our own lenses are often the broken and dirty because what happens? Say for instance, let's just take church, the design of church. God designed the church, New Testament church, that there should be an authority in the church. Now that authority is through elders, that's local elders that's in the church, that's in that household, it's there. That's God's model, that's God's design. Now say for instance, there was previously in your walk, in your journey, a leader of you. Now I'm walking with a limp. Yes, he did it this year. And he did it this Jesus' light comes and he shines through you as a gem. Beautiful gem. But in that, he shows you there's a bit of a limp when it comes to leadership. And you're walking with a bit of a limp. And now one day, you hear a preach where the preach is about submit to your leaders. Because they have account, they have to give an account over you. And through your lens of being hurt, through your bro, the bro that you are all that you hear is, ah, that's enforcement, that's control. They just want to control me. That's all that they want to do. They want to put me in a place where, where leaders can control me because they actually, you know, this is why I got hurt in the first place. And through your lens, through your brilla, you see it in a completely different way than what God wants for you. And what happens in those times? In those times, there's two fellows in the ship. And in those times, I go and share my heart and I say to Mike, Mike, I heard this speech this morning, but yes, man, struggling with this word this morning. I said, well, yes, man, I, I was so encouraged because there's someone looking out for me. Yes, I am. I'm not responsible for myself alone. There's actually someone over me that God has placed to, to, to shepherd over me and to look after me. That's God's intention with it. But what I'm hearing is they want to control me. And then there's other fellows in the ship and say, Yeah, I don't know why, Mike. Can we pray about this? And we sit down and we say, Well, Jesus, why? Why is Mike hearing something different to what I'm hearing? Why is he struggling to see what was actually in that word for him? And then we get to that, that two years back or three years back and, and the Lord can bring healing in that area, restoration in that area. But often it takes two fellows in the ship because often we don't see it ourselves. Matthew 18. I've got two scriptures there and I'm going for a language. Matthew 18. Look at this. If your brother or sister sins, and I've always read this thing, for some reason, if your brother or your sister sins against you, who's, who's ever put that, that into that little time? There is a different scripture that says that. But this is not that one. If your brother or your sister offends you, sins against you, then you go. This one says, if your brother or sister sins, so if something goes wrong, if the light of Jesus shines through your brother and your sister, and it highlights an imperfection, it highlights something that Jesus still needs to change, what should we do? We should be in fellowship with one another, partnering with one another. And the Bible says exactly what Mark says. Go and point out that thing. Go and point that out to him. Just between the two of you, there's ways. We're going back to God's order. It's not just going willy-nilly, shooting from the hip. Ka -ka 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 -ka. And you're just going to kill people. We, we, we don't need sheriffs. that just look for law and uh, for unlawful stuff the whole time. Going around the church. That's, that's not what that scripture says. It's not shooting from the hip. We don't need watchmen on the wall. We don't need people to, that, that's eldership and leaders in the house that comes and do that. So what do we do? How's God order look? If I see something, either in church or in my fellow brother or sister, your first stop, your first stop 
He's the Lord. Praise. Jesus. Jesus. I see something. Is it you that's highlighting it or is it, or is it me? Is it actually I'm offended with, with Mark? Or is it something that you show me? And the Lord will come and He will convict you and say, No, 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 no. This is something in Mark. This is not just you. Oh, thank you. Uh, your heart boom, 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 boom. You're not going to go in there with confidence, I promise you that. When you're coming from a right place, it's not coming from a platform. Hey, there's the blog, let's see. Hey, hey, I promise you, when your heart is right, you come. Lord, I have to wait for the right opportunity. And you come to that person, you say, no, it's not the right opportunity. And you come to that guy again, you say, no, no, that's not the right opportunity. And then, you go, and you go to that com leaders. Not new to gaan skinner. You say to them, you don't even have to say what it's about. You go to the com leaders and say, there's something that I want to share. I just want to gain perspective. How's, how's Michael's week looking? No, it's not going well. Eh? There's the finances are struggling a bit. under a lot of pressure. And then it's not the time. It's not the time. I continue to pray into this thing. I'm praying as a Lord, you first reveal it. Don't even let it up to me. You first reveal it, Lord. And after a week or two weeks or three weeks or a month or whatever, how long the Lord, your, your heart will go boom boom faster. And if your heart really gets to that place, you've checked in with your leaders, checked in with eldership, and you feel that this is the moment, you come out of love, quivering, shaking like a leaf and say, hey, there's something that I need to share with you. I feel that there's something that God showed me. I don't know if you're going to see it yourself, but my heart is. Look at the heart of that thing. If they listen to you, you have won them over. And that's the heart of this thing. It's not pointing out faults. It's willing our brothers and our sisters. Our intentions to be loving. If that's your heart, that's the go-ahead of the Lord. And if you've waited it out, if you've prayed about it, if you've, if you've gone on your knees multiple mornings for that person and for that situation, you see there's no change. And you've been to the leaders and they've given you the okay. You go with a quivering rookie's appeal and you say, Lord, I'm coming in my humility and I'm coming to you. And I say, I need to share this with you. And you want to win their hearts. You over-explain. You don't dump it on them. You over-explain it. And again and again, when you've led them, you see the voice of encouraging them. You give them hope and say, hey, I believe the Lord is going to change this thing. I'm with you. I'm, 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 I'm in your team. That's the heart of that scripture. Yeah. We're not going to go on with that one. The last one. I want to use an example. I want to use an example. This is the seriousness of this. Fellowship. They devoted themselves to the fellowship. This is super important to God. He knows that we need it desperately. Transparency, living open lives in front of one another. God placed it in our lives because He knows we need it desperately. Accountability, having men and women watch over us, shepherding us, having leaders in your life, submitting to that leaders. We need that desperately. I almost want to say and go as far as to say that sometimes for some of us our salvation might lean on to that. I almost want to say it's almost a matter of life and death for some of us. Because I've seen, I've seen, and you have seen, we've had people with us. That's, yeah. This is sometimes a thing of life and death. These three things. Fellowship, transparency, and accountability. It's not a law. It's not a controlling thing. It's the heart and the love of the Father that is placed in our lives and people in our lives to help us. There was a man in, in the Old Testament called David. Now of this man, a lot can be said. God said over him, he's a man after my own heart. God loved David with everything in him. He was like a son. He was a king in, in God's eyes. He was a warrior in God's eyes. God blessed the socks off of him. There was something in David 
that have a connection with God that I probably will never have in my life. I don't know. I hope so. I'm, 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 I'm saying, Lord, I want to follow in David's example. And David went in front of God. Psalm 139. You can put that up. Look at what David's heart is. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Look at the posture of this man. Look at the heart of this man. Search me, Lord. Test me, Lord. If there's anything in me, any anxious thoughts, not even my deeds, if there's any thoughts, Lord, show it to me. See if there's any offense in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Look at the posture of this man. It looks like the prime example, the perfect example. But you know what? David sinned. That same guy that had that posture sinned in front of him. You know what the worst thing is? It was premeditated. He saw that girl, Barthi. And there was something in him that last in that moment that couldn't stop him. And he went and he looked. And the enemy grabbed hold of him. And he started putting thoughts in his mind. And, and, and our posture sometimes doesn't save us. Even coming and saying, Lord, this is and you're going to keep it. God is faithful. The Bible does not say to us how many guys probably came to David. And there was many opportunities that the Bible doesn't speak on. But in my own heart, and this is not scriptural, this is just me. In my own heart, I believe God sent him some sons and some people over his path. And he could have done it differently. But there was something of David that in that moment he didn't want to be accountable he, did, he wanted to give himself into that thing. And he planned and premeditated the death of that soldier so that he could get that name for himself. And that after that, there was no conviction in David's heart. There was no conviction. Still at that time, there was no conviction in David's heart. He said everything. He was actually living in sin at that point in time. And he didn't realize it. He didn't realize it. And that's why I said this is why it's so important to God. Fellowship, transparency and accountability. David were in a position that he didn't know about. And what did God do? What did God, God intervene? God is faithful. God is faithful. Look at the faithfulness of God to Samuel. And the Lord sent Nathan to David. Just quickly take that off. Okay? Now we're actually going to read it. Nathan came to David. I want to look at the posture of Nathan. Did Nathan confront David and say, because there was, there was respect for him, he was a king. But look at the posture of him. He came to David and said, Hey, the Lord came and I should show you there was something that you did. You are God man. Look at the, he, he used the story. He used persuasion. He used everything that he used wisdom. To tell David, and he told him the story of a man actually talking about David. Actually talking about David. He used the story, and at the end of the story, David became angry and said, Yes, this guy should, he's guilty. How can he do that? And Nathan, I'm sure, just in a humble heart at that point, said to David, David, that's you. And then he said that in one's brother's heart. And conviction came on David. And David said, Oh Lord, oh Lord, what did I do? What did I do? Verse 13. Just the last scripture. Look at this. Verse 13. He said, Verse 7, you are that man. Did I put verse 13 in the last one? Yes. And David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. He saved his brother. In that moment, he saved his brother. And that's God's heart when it comes to fellowship. And I want to say there's a power. If we understand what fellowship is, it's a lot more than just having coffee together. It's a lot more than just striking up a conversation. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. We need that. We need to build bridges. We need to, we need to have... Relationship, and we both relationships, but what the Bible says is the only bridge that we actually need is Jesus and the Holy Spirit. That, that's the biggest bridge. 
From there, I can just go closer. Trust. Trust grows. Uh, 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 love grows for one another. And that always helps. But the bridge is Jesus. I don't have to spend five years and ten years with the person before I can go. He says, if a brother sins and a sister sins, so when, is your, when are you a brother and a sister? After two years, three years, four years? Twenty brides? What's the qualification for being a brother or a sister? How many brides? Oh. It's when I have the Holy Spirit in my heart and I've gave to my life to Jesus and I've become a brother and a sister. That's the bridge. Jesus is the bridge. True love is the bridge. The Holy Spirit, wisdom, that's the bridge. Coming with humility, that's the bridge. Not a depth of relationship. It helps, but that's not the bridge. And so I want to ask us to this morning, are we given to that? Because I know often it's easy for us to fellowship to the Lord. Speaking to my life, Lord. But with David, we might miss something. There might be something when our lenses are so skewed. When, it's, when it's, we, we have fallen into something that we don't realize. And then the only person that can save you out of that is God sending a brother or a sister. We have to be connected to the body. We have to be connected to the family in order for the Lord to be able to do that. So I want to ask you guys, just close your eyes for me. Lord Jesus, we need you. We need you, Lord. There's, there's something, Lord. There's a, there's, this is not just a principle. I, I've, I've titled this specifically, The Power of Fellowship. There's not just a, a principle here. If I do this, the result will be this. No, Lord. There is a power that you have invested, that you have planted in godly fellowship, in living out the value, the Christ value, of transparency and accountability. And Lord, that if we find ourselves living that out in the power of the Holy Spirit, we find ourselves in a very powerful situation in our lives where God is able to do stuff that He is not able to do in any other way. And I want to ask you, Holy Spirit, right now, to just convict us in our hearts, Lord, that if we have been in any other form of fellowship, any other manly fellowship up until today, that we commit ourselves not to man, not to me, not to the preach, but we commit ourselves to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to follow your example. I want to follow you into true fellowship with my brothers and my sisters. And if that's you, if there's something of you that actually, and, 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 and uh, uh, one John says this, we are all fall short. We, we are all sinners. And so I promise you, at one point in time, every one of us didn't do that completely well. So I'm the first one this morning that's responding to the Lord. I'm the first one today to say, Jesus, you need to work this thing in me. But if that is you, I want you to just stand in response to Jesus, and we're going to pray a prayer together, just in a response to say, Lord Jesus, work this thing in me. Work this thing in me. I want to walk in true fellowship with my brothers and sisters. I want to be a live a life that is transparent in front of my brothers and my sisters. I want to live in true accountability with my brothers and my sisters to enable you to do something in me that is in no other way possible. And if that is you, just stand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just pray with me. Jesus, I want to come to you this morning. And I want to repent. Lord, I either didn't go, or I didn't do it well. But Lord, this morning you have shown you have revealed Jesus your true way. You have revealed your heart for my life through fellowship. And Jesus, this morning as I repent, 
I say sorry, Lord, for the way that I either did not do it, or that I do it lacking in what you want. And I receive your forgiveness, Lord. Lord Jesus, we now pray now. That's fine. fine. Thanks, guys. I'm going to just pray over you now. Lord, thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can come in front of you, all of us, Lord. And often, Lord, we realize, oh my word, there's deeper things, there's more of Christ, there's more of Jesus. And that's what we experienced this morning, Lord. And as we have repented, Lord, we, from this morning, we want to turn a new leaf, Lord. Not in our own power, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. And right now, Lord Jesus, we want to just receive and just stretch out your hands to the Lord. Lord, we want to just come to you right now. And we want to say, Lord, this is a work of the Holy Spirit. This is a work of the Holy Spirit, Lord. And so, Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And we pray, Lord, just shower us in a new, a fresh Lord, of your Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, for the true, biblical, Jesus Spirit of fellowship to rain down on us this morning, Lord Jesus. To come through your Holy Spirit. And Lord Jesus, that it will activate something in our hearts. That will yearn. That will hunger. That will thirst, Lord. To walk in true fellowship with the brother and the sister in Jesus. I pray, Lord Jesus, that this will not be dependent even on our response this morning. But Lord, that it will be fully dependent. Fully dependent on your Holy Spirit's ability to walk these things out with us, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, for our responses. Lord, there's a walking out of this thing on a Monday. It's easy talking on a Sunday. But when Monday comes, I pray, Lord Jesus, that as we go along, as we journey this out, I don't care how long it takes, Lord. We're not in a, we're not in a sprint race. We're, we're, we're in this journey with Jesus. And I pray, Lord Jesus, for each person that you will journey this journey of fellowship with each one of us. And that you will remain faithful in not just revealing it further and further to us, but empowering us as we go along to continue to walk in this world. In Jesus' name. Let this not be a revelation without the power of it. But let this revelation turn into fruit in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Sorry guys. Because coffee is a bit longer than I thought, but I'm really not. Are you guys stirred this morning? Yeah. Are you encouraged this morning? God bless you. Because I like a coffee sound and takes these fellowship muscles.